Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly in Youngsville, Louisiana, where it's our vision to be a place to meet with God. We pray that you will find this message to be both encouraging and empowering as we go deeper into the Word of God through Spirit-empowered, life-giving, Christ-centered ministry. For more information about First Assembly or to catch up on previous messages, you can visit our website at firstassembly.place. Go with me to the book of, of Acts. We're going to be looking in the book of uh, Acts chapter 6. Uh, just real quickly while you're turning there, here this evening at 5 p.m., uh, if you're a member of the church here, we want to invite you. We have a just a mid-year business meeting uh, just to go over some few you know, finances. How many of you are excited about the construction work that's taking place in the front? Uh, I'm really super excited about it. And uh, believing that God's going to just do the miraculous and have it done by our conference uh, in, at the end of October. Uh, so uh, also we started work on the lobby, right? If you just kind of go shoot across the, the way here, the uh, breezeway, that's going to be the new entrance, right? So you'll come in through the front. So we already started construction on that. So uh, praise God. I'll give an update on the construction. And then also um, right after we'll have the meeting, talk finances, talk construction. We'll, we have a resolution to pass. Uh, tonight, so we're going to be sending uh, roughly about thirty thousand dollars to Africa for the purchase of a truck that's uh, intended to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout West Africa. Come on, how many of you know that that they need the gospel in West Africa? I believe that there's like a little fire. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, this truck is like a little f- fire carrier, right? It's going to carry the fire. Just set fires across West Africa, the fire of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm believing that. So we're going to pass a resolution because technically I just can't just send $30,000 to Africa, right? I, I mean, this is a, the way our church works. I just need to pass a resolution to get a vote for that. So make sure that, you know, everybody's okay. Answer any questions. Amen. Is that good? Praise the God. Everybody in Acts chapter 6. I want to read. It says, now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Jews by the Hellenistics because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of God of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, Taman, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. I want to just pause right there for a moment. I think that many times we have this idea that church is about us coming together and singing songs. It's, a ch- it's about us, it's, it's, we kind of separate church from our society. 
we kind of separate church from the rest of our life. But I want to just point out something here this morning that I believe that church and the Word of God is our very life. It is our very existence. It is what determines our next step each and every day. Everything that we do should be filtered through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything that we say should have a redemptive uh, slant towards it. You know, I believe that God wants to use the church. He wants to assemble the church that he can touch the world with this new truth that's gone forth. This truth of Jesus Christ and him crucified. How many of you know that Jesus has paid it all? Jesus has paid it all. Brother Tony, in your testimony, like you paid your bills. I get that, man. But I want you to know that Jesus has paid the bill and he canceled all of our debt. He cancels the debt of sickness. He cancels the debt of shame. He cancels the debt of debt. You see, the church began to assemble and they begin to realize that this thing was really become troublesome to, bur- to burden. They had this realization that many people were coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And they had to do something about it. You know, these apostles, they were called to go into all the nations preaching the gospel. I want you to know that the Bible doesn't say to go into the church and preach the gospel. He doesn't say go into into the Bible study group and preach the gospel. He doesn't say go to the children's ministry and preach the gospel. He says go into all the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is our calling. I, I had someone tell me the other day, they said the church is a lot like a business. You just run a lot like a business. Man, I was like, okay, there's some elements of that. But it began to stir a burden in my heart, and I began to see that there's a real problem. Whenever the the closest thing that we can identify on this earth to the church is a business. I began to think back to the time when I was originally saved, and and God began to put a man of life, a man of God into my life. He began to teach me things I didn't realize then, but I realize now. You see, because when the church looks like a business, then our priorities and our thought processes begin to say, well, what's the outcome? Is it... Is it the, the financial statement needs to grow? The people in the chairs needs to grow. What is our source? What are we trying to market? How are we going to win more of that? But I believe that that is the exact opposite of what the church is called to do. You know, as we begin to see what the church looks like, we saw a picture of the church here this morning. You know, the church needs to begin to look more like a hospital than it does like a business. You know, it's a place where people come to find faith. It's a place where people come to find hope. It's a place where people come to find healing in Jesus' name. How many times have we come to a place where we get sick in our body instead of going to the church, instead of going to the Lord, instead of going toward our faith, we run to the hospital, to the drugstore. Man, this church, this very church was founded by by a man, Pastor R.S. King. And he came from a movement in Brenham, Texas. And in that movement, these hot, the, the ambulances... They would drop off people from the, uh, that were sick. I'm going down here, so if it, you need to adjust some stuff. They would drop off people that were sick. They'd bring them to the church before they'd bring them to the hospital. Come on, the hospital, they, the ambulance would just bring them and drop them off at the church doors. Why? Because they knew that the miraculous can take place before they'd go and bring them to the hospital. When is it going to be a time again whenever the church begins to look more like a hospital than it does like a business? I will not stop pushing until we get that type of result. I believe that God wants us to chase after him. He wants us to push into him for that. It's not about just putting butts in chairs. Come on, it's about putting souls in heaven. Amen? Come on, that's the mission statement of the church. The church needs to re-identify. It needs to get a a, a new perspective. We need to begin to see things differently. 
many people think that we have this large altar space because we like to get a lot of people at the off altar. The truth is I have this because I spit when I talk. And nobody would sit on the front chair, front seats. I don't really spit when I talk. It's just when I preach. But I believe that, God, that the church needs to re-identify. We need to find our identity not in our worship songs. That's part of it. That's just the expression of who God is, not who we are. But if we begin to express just who we are, all our worship would sound like country music. Amen? My dog died and I'm so sad. Come on, we need to sing song. Lord, you are worthy. Lord, you are worthy of it all. Lord, you're the king of the universe. Lord, you are the, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. You know, our church needs to look like a hospital. It's a place where people come to find healing, redemption, salvation, peace. Not a business. It's not a place where we can just put together a great business plan. Come on, we need to put together a recovery plan, a, a faith plan, a hope plan. It's a hospital for the hurting. It's a hospital for, for people who have no place to go. God, I, 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 was, I was in prayer the other day, and God just, this was, the, this was about 2 o'clock in the morning. Shannon was not home, so I'm up, and I'm just like, well, Lord, what am I going to do? He said, just pray. Okay. He said, Joe, there's not a resource in this town, that, a place for people to come that have lost hope. So I just begin to put, put together that plan. Lord, what can I do to minister hope? He said, actually, Joe, he says, there's no place because I've called the church to be the place of hope. The church to be the place of hope. Whenever the church begins to look like a hospital, you know, the church doesn't, it needs to be like a lighthouse. It doesn't need to be a business. It doesn't need to be run like a business. It needs to be run like a lighthouse. You know what a lighthouse's job is? Whenever that ship is out there in rough seas and they can't see where they're going, but man, they're getting close to the rocky shore. How many of us have lived our lives right next to that rocky shore with fear of shipwreck each and every day of our lives? We're just this far away from wrecking upon the rocks of life. And you have the church that's a beacon of truth. It's a beacon of hope. It's a beacon of direction that signs forth bright into all the land. You know, the thing about a lighthouse is indiscriminate of who gets to see the light. Come on, it's not just you just pick your ships. Hey, we're over here. Everybody sees it. Because why? Because that is the message of the gospel. Come unto here. This is a safe place. This is a place you can find direction. This is a place you can find hope. This is a place where you can find Jesus Christ. And he will keep you from wrecking on those rocky shores. You know, the church was a place for people to come into this early church in the book of Acts. It wasn't just a place where they met on Sunday morning. Come on, it became so intertwined with their very lives for the power of redemption that they had to actually appoint people to take care of the widows and the orphans and the homeless and the sick. It became such a grueling task. Not grueling, but it became such a task that the apostles themselves said, there's so much need in this world, we can't minister to everyone. Let us appoint some to help. I believe that that is our very ministry here today. We are appointed by the Lord to help minister to those who are sick, those who are lost, those who are hopeless, those who are homeless, those who are broken, those who are addicted. That is our cause. That is our purpose. That is our plan. That's what God created the church to be. And when the church begins to grab hold of that identity, things begin to change. The culture around us begins to change. 
the world around us begins to change. Our hearts begin to change. How many of you know when Jesus Christ was crucified there on Calvary? It says that the, that the sun went black. It got dark. It says in that moment that the veil in the temple was torn. It was rent in two from top to bottom. That no longer was there a barrier between God and man, but Jesus broke that barrier. That says that his body, which was the veil, was torn. The temple was torn. We have access now to the Holy of Holies through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That the world changed. It says that even the dead began to be raised again to new life. That in that moment, it was so central, so close to the core of, of what just took place on this earth that because Jesus is resurrection, it's like whenever God said, Jesus, come on, he, you know, we raised him from, from new, to new life. The power of those words were so powerful that it affected everyone that was in proximity of that area. That literally, the dead were raised to new life. Not just Jesus. There were dead people walking around. It's, there's, te there's testimony of this. Come on, that's my testimony. I want a t-shirt made, Dead Man Walking. Come on, how many of you know I was dead and Jesus raised me to new life? I was lost and Jesus was my lighthouse. Come on, I was broken and sick and Jesus was my hospital. I went into the place of healing and the culture of my life began to change. It's not just about putting butts in chairs. It's not just about building parking lots and lobbies and buildings. Come on, it's about reaching the lost with the message of Jesus Christ. That is our mission. I, I, I like the memes, y'all. No, I don't know what I'm talking about, right? When I first read, I'm like, what's a meme? -y? You know, I'm like, hmm. Anyway, they had one. Is, they had a meme that had like a hospital beds. And it said, you know, you don't come here to find good, well people or whatever. And they had church pews and it said you don't come here to find well people either you know, we're all just imperfect people coming to meet with imperfect people y'all can keep that I don't want any part of it I didn't come here to meet with imperfect people I came here to meet with a perfect God who's going to make my imperfect perfect he's going to make my my broken beautiful he's going to make me full of his glory and righteousness this gospel that says that you're okay the way you are is a lie from the devil we need to come to a realization that in his crucifixion that he has made us whole he has made us new he has made us in his image and in his likeness we are redeemed by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ Jesus isn't concerned with all of your anxieties he wants to wipe those stuff away that the church isn't a business it's 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 a hospital to not, you don't go to the hospital to meet with all the sick people. You go to the hospital to meet with who? The physician. If the physician walks in, <laughs> sick, man, find me another physician. I didn't come here to spend time. I love all of you. Don't get me wrong. I love spending time with you. But I came here to meet with the creator of the heavens and the earth. I came here to be touched by the miraculous work of Jesus Christ, to expect the miraculous in my life. Well, see, when the church begins to grab hold of its true calling and purpose, which is to touch the lost, I want you to know that the earth will begin to shake. We don't see persecution here in the United States. It's not because we have the freedom of government. Don't think that the Bill of Rights gives us any rights. Our rights are from above. Whenever we begin to push back the, the, against the, the workings of the enemy, you'll begin to see persecution. When we begin to stand in the face of the lies of the enemy, you'll begin to see persecution. 
when lives are beginning to change, the devils wake up around you. You see, the church isn't a, it's, it's not a, a business. It doesn't have a business model. It's a rescue mission. Come on, I believe that the church is a rescue mission. That it was put here for one purpose, to set for places. It says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. Come on, how many of we, we we're, there's more people church hurt in this world than there are that church saved in this world. Come on, the church needs to quit identifying with we got to be right. Come on, we, but we got to be saved. We need to begin to find our true purpose is the salvation of souls, the redemption of the lost, to be that rescue mission for those who are searching for a way. That was Brother Kent's mission statement. A lighthouse for the lost, a rescue mission for the hurting, a hospital for those who need healing. That's the mission. That's the calling of the church. That was the calling of the Acts church. That was the calling, what he called, what Jesus put on this earth. It says that whenever they begin to see changes, people begin to come to them trying to find provision. So they appointed seven, not just faithful workers. I can find those anywhere. Specific people. It says, men of good reputation full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business. What I had enough of today of pe people and churches appointing people into positions just because they have some kind of talent or gifting, but we need people who are called to righteousness and holy living, and they are called and appointed. They are men of God, baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit of God. God I, I, that saying, God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifi qualifies the called. Well, how many of you know that if you're called unto the Lord, you don't have to worry about being ready to go. Go now, and he'll qualify you on the way. Because when we begin to operate in our true calling, in our true nature, in our true purpose, God begins to move. He moved in a mighty way. And the world begins to take notice. Many of you have heard the story of Stephen and how Stephen was the first martyr recorded, martyr recorded in, in the Bible. Was it because of his boldness? No. He was bold, but it wasn't because of his boldness. Was it because he was just the, the most vocal person? No. I believe that Peter, I mean, Peter stood in the middle of the temple on the day of Pentecost and preached salvation and, and re repentance, and thousands came to the Lord. Stephen didn't do any of that. Stephen was a food pantry worker. You see, when the church of God begins to be about the mission of God, He begins to change things here on this earth. He begins to change things here on this earth. He, the, the enemy, the devil, would like nothing more than just to, for us to build a bunch of big giant churches where we come to worship Jesus on Sunday. And forget about him Monday through Saturday. I mean, if the devil could make a plan, that would be it. I'll entice them to these big giant buildings. We'll have them fill it with awesome worship music. We'll dim the lights, put the strobe lights on, and all that stuff. People will be drawn to that, and they'll forget about me when they go to work. See, I believe that God is calling us to actionable faith. 
You see, Stephen began to have actionable faith. He began to put his faith to action. And what he did was he took the, the, the meat hooks, the claws that the enemy had in society. You see, because before the church began to feed the hungry, you know who was feeding the hungry? The government. The religious folks. See, they, now they, couldn't, they weren't going to the government anymore. I believe that the, the mission of our food pantry isn't just to continually feed people food. It's a mission is of the food pantry is to get them, feed them food, get them past the tough spot, get them back on their feet, introduce them to Jesus Christ, get them baptized in the Holy Ghost, and send them out doing the same over and over and over again. We need to meet people right where they are. And God will begin to do things miraculously. You see, the first martyr, the first one who, who was dragged out and, and was killed for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Man, what, think about that. We, don't, we think we don't see martyrdom anymore. In fact, this truck that we're sending to Ivory Coast, you know, right now, there's countries all around them that just while we were there in Africa, Shannon and me and JP, that they had a, a, a militant group of Muslims went into a Catholic church and killed 30 people and cut the priest's head off. It was five hours from where we were. The gospel is powerful, and the enemy hates it. But we need to begin to stand on the truth that Jesus is our Lord. He is our Savior. We don't need to identify any longer with a business model, but we need to be a hospital for hurting people. Our goal is to be a place for people to come and find peace of heart, peace of mind, peace and soul, and healing for their body. We see it today that Jesus Christ is still a healer. He is still the redeemer. I'm a living, walking testimony that God can deliver you from alcoholism. Come on, don't tell me, oh, you're alcoholic, you're alcoholic the rest of your life. A lie from the devil. It's garbage. Don't believe it. It's garbage. Come on, the church is called to be a lighthouse. Come on, how many of you know the lighthouse, What it points out the way of salvation. It points to the way. It says, here I am. If you come to me, you will be safe. That's where the church needs to be. A light shining bright into this world. It needs to be a rescue mission. That we have a mission to rescue the lost out of their present condition. And I promise when we begin to do that, that is the calling of the church. That is the Acts model of church. They weren't just meeting together just to have meetings. They were meeting together because their lives were changed. They were family. They began to eat together. This morning as we just wrap up, I, I want to take an opportunity that there are those even now who have just found, have, have came across just cataclysmic devastation in the Bahamas. And, and even us as a church here, I remember just a couple years ago we dealt with flooding. And then before that we dealt with Hurricanes Rita, Hurricanes Katrina, Hurricane Andrew. We know the devastation and the pain that comes through the hurricanes. But here this morning, we have an opportunity to give. I want to ask the ushers if they'll just come forward once more. We have an opportunity to put our faith into action. We have an opportunity to say, Lord, we are going to join along with you in this mission to restore the lost, to restore the broken, to be a hospital, to be a lighthouse, to be a rescue mission.
And we're just going to take an opportunity this morning. I want you to just pray, ask the Lord to just give you direction. Lord, what would it be that I give? What would it be that, that I can do to help those? And we're going to send this money, 100% of it, to Convoy of Hope. They've already got trucks on the ground. They've already got the resources in place to directly distribute food, shelter, water, construction repair, you name it. We all know the story. But how many of you know how comforting it is to know that we have those, even you know, hundreds of miles away, that care for us and praying for us? So not only do I want to take an opportunity just to give, y'all can come, as a matter of fact, stay back there. We're going to pass the buckets from the back to the front. Is that okay? Because I want to take that. Once y'all get to the front, I want to just put those buckets up on the altar, and we're just going to pray for them. Uh, is that okay? So let's go ahead. We can start to do that. Just pray to the Lord and ask him. Just start. We'll just kind of go from the back to the front. Whatever it can be. It can be $2, $10, $2,000, $200,000. Two million dollars, two trillion dollars. Two. I'm gonna keep going until somebody laughs. Okay. Ah. All right. <laughs> That's kind of the law of the dad joke. But really, I want you to know that this is this is a way to put our faith into action. The same way that our food pantry workers they put their faith to action. I promise you, they don't come for the benefits. They do come for the eternal benefits of those who they serve. When we begin to stand up and do the things that God has called us to do, I want you to know that the world takes notice, that the culture around us begins to shift. That people that were once hurt by church, they begin to realize that the church really is a God thing. That the church really is the body of Christ. Heavenly Father, Lord. Hey, JP. Could, uh, would you mind praying? Just want to take a moment to pray and bless the, the offering. fact can we just stand together I just want to take just take this opportunity we're just going to pray I want to pray for the JP pray for the people in the Bahamas I want to pray for people right here in this state who have a need right here in Acadiana that have a need and that this giving this offering just represents the work of the Lord on this earth can we just extend our hands forward just to this We hope that you found this message to be both a blessing as well as challenging. If you would like more information or to leave a comment or prayer request, please visit our website at firstassembly.place. Thank you for tuning in to First Assembly, a place to meet with God.